What's happening? What's happening, my brother? Voila. <laughs> what up, Pete? What up, man? I'm good. You? Man, I am feeling outstanding, man. Super excited about this about this guest joining us. Real excited. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to this one. Hey, hey, we want to welcome each and every one of you to the Ball and Gems podcast. I'm your co-host, Cameo Williams from Gems in the Gym. I'm your other co-host, Prentice Belly from Ball and Prep. Together we rock and form as the Ball and Gems podcast duo. We headed to Cleveland, baby. Cleveland! Well, we headed to Cleveland, but we may be headed to Orlando. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> you know, we may, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, when do they start down there? That's a good question. You know, look, I, I don't know, but look, the beautiful thing is we'll get an opportunity to ask, right? Right, no doubt. <laughs> so I'm super excited about that. Uh, so many things going on in the uh, um, basketball world. Um, obviously, our central focus is, is the grassroots and then the NCAA, um, but we tap into the W, we tap into the NBA and all the people that's making all those things move we like to tap into that we make it pop baby you know, that's what we do it doesn't matter the level uh we we want to tap into the personalities that have moved the game and moved the needle and our upcoming guest has definitely uh moved the needle uh more than once I'm like, <laughs> at, all, at all levels <laughs> at all levels uh, has definitely done that um one of the brighter minds one of the most well-respected um, people in, in basketball, period, for, for, for that matter. Um, and so we'll tap in and and see where she's where she's been, where she's at, and where she's going. Uh, super excited about that opportunity. Uh, P, we was tapping in a little bit <laughs> earlier about uh, all the basketball that is moving around. And I know early on, I took a bold stance and I've kind of backed off in that. Now I don't, man, I have people playing great. If not great, but with that said, our guest has joined us, a highly respected, uh, I like to call her my basketball friend, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers assistant assistant basketball coach, Lindsay Gottlieb. Welcome to the Ball and Gems podcast. Hi, guys. Can you can you hear me or am I? No, you it, sound great. You actually sound outstanding. Can you hear us? There you go. Now I hear you a little Okay, bit. there Good. we go. Now we cook. It might be it might be it might be Cameo's voice. It happens sometimes. See, you, yeah. see yeah, <laughs> hey, hey Lindsay, see, I gotta tell Lindsay the rules earlier. Lindsay, let me let me explain something, Lindsay. I don't know what kind of but if you have one, I'm sure on the back is a little mechanism with a face that got a hater button. You can press that button anytime printers get out of pocket. You're right. more than welcome to press that button. Hey, but that button also goes two ways. You can punch it on him too. Now this is true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but first and foremost, we're really, really happy uh, that you were able to make some time uh, yes. to join us. Uh, we want to ask you, how are you doing mentally and physically uh, as you're dealing with COVID like the rest of us, dealing with all the social things that are going on? How are you actually doing right now? Well, I appreciate you guys having me on, and I appreciate you asking that first. Um, relationships with you both go way back, so it's more personal than it is professional. So, um, <laughs> right, right. True, true, true. We're doing well, you know, all things considered. I joke with people, one of the, you know, things that was appealing, it was a little bit longer of an off season, but uh, I, did, I did not want or expect nine months. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so trying to manage that, but um, you know, everything that, that kind of, what I say, regular people are going through pales in comparison to the, the frontline people, you know, the heroes that have been in hospitals every day working to fight this thing. Um, 
So relatively speaking, we've spent a lot of time with the family. We've spent a lot of time in and around the house and the yard and walks and all that. Um, so it's a good chance for us to explore Cleveland. Uh, we didn't really get to do that when yeah, we first moved yeah. here. So, um, trying to take advantage. I miss the team like crazy. You know, I right. miss the normalcy <laughs> of basketball in the season like everybody right. else. But uh, obviously health and safety are more important. And we'll get back to it in due time. Right. You know what? You, do you still have family in New York? I do. Yep. So um, uh, my brother and, and, and his family and then my sister and, and her family, they're both in Brooklyn. This is a great, you know, Gottlieb family story. Um, so they actually okay. spend a lot of time together. Typically, my brother often watches my sister's kids like they're really close. It's cool. But they were separated during the quarantine um, and they saw each other for the first time. Uh, in like three months at a uh, Black Lives Matter rally in Brooklyn. They like, wow. randomly saw each other. And I'm like, that's my family right there. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's cool. Hey, yeah. that's my peoples right there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> what are the odds of that? You know what I mean? People were walking around that thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. good. That's crazy. That's crazy. Look, and Lindsay, one of the things I've always appreciated and admired about you was you've always spoke up. But look, before it was PR cool. Look, before it was PR cool, right? Right. You, you've always uh, been bold and taking a stance on different social social issues. I know you're you come from a family full of full of legal people. Is that just something that's just in you, just your heart? Like, talk a little bit about that if you care to. You know, it's interesting. We actually had a coaching staff meeting today, and it was it was more personal. It was uh, JB Bickerstaff, our head coach, asked us to bring in photos like from our youth and talk about them, just a way to kind of bond and. Um, you know, one thing that I that I was talking to our staff about, and I'll, and I'll share with you as well. During this time, you do reflect more on on how you were how you were brought up, and why you are the way you are, and the things that you've learned. And I'm really grateful. Um, you know, we don't get to choose our parents, so we don't get to choose the, mm-hmm. the mindset that we're gr- that we grow up with. And I'm really fortunate that just sort of social activism was part of our our upbringing. My father. Um, you know, he was in politics, but more so he just, uh, he brought us around different kinds of people. We, you know, he mm. he was part of the March on Washington and, and told me about that. And I, you know, I looked up to him. Wow. Um, more sort of micro level, whatever I came home and said I wanted to do, my parents said, okay, you know, I want to play football. Huh. Okay, you know, a girl. Cool, right? <laughs> yeah. Or if I want to do this or, you know, if I want to, um, you know, coach small grade, you don't have to be a lawyer. So. I think just our family um, promoted this concept of, you know, you can be whatever you want. And they promoted this concept of not everyone has it equal in this world and we have to fight, you know, to make sure that we can get it. Uh, that's Wow. Like, like, I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Look, I, I love, and I, and I do want to kind of rewind just a, just a little bit. You mentioned just, you know, them encouraging you that you can do anything when when you have a family full of one thing and you want right. to do something else. Sometimes it's kind of lip service, you know, <laughs> like exactly. Uh, but you know, so there's a message in their parents as you're listening. Can't just be lip service, right? There's got to be some action and consistency and true love behind it. It sounds like you had that. Absolutely. I mean, our table persistence legal case you know my father or my my own or support and I mean, people ask me all or any or never be promoted all 
do um, you know things that we're passionate about because I think they knew you were passionate about things and um, when I got you know I started coaching the day after I graduated college you know I was I, I kind of had a jumper but I was not good enough to play after college right? <laughs> uh, and so I uh, so I would go back and visit my father who by that just walk into the court you know and watch all day and all, all the people who worked with him court assistants for the you know the, the people in the court would all come up to me and say you know I know your sister my sister's a law professor so you're right so you know your dad talks about you and your job the most. We all know about your best team. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, cool. I, think he was, I, think, I think he was proud of all of us but just wanted us to do what we were passionate about. Wow, I love that. Look, I love that. That's awesome. Look, I want to get to some to some basketball. Like, when did you realize, like, man, I want to be a coach. Like, I, I think I can do something in this game. Um, it was while I was in college. Um, and, you know, I spent a lot of minutes on <laughs> hey, that, that, hey, that'll but do also, it sometimes, right? <laughs> that's, the, that's the best coaches, right? Um, right. Uh, but I also spent a lot of time talking to my friends at other schools who, who played college basketball. And as you guys know, you know enough young people. Some people have great experiences and, and some people are miserable. And it's not usually because how the dorm food tastes or... Right? It's <laughs> right, right, right. Or, the or, you know, all those things that happen in during college what do I want to do with the rest of my life you know moments for me it was on one hand I realized that coaching was like a profession people get paid to do this and to watch film and game plan that and at the same time I also found that coaches are the ones who have the most profound impact on 18 to 22 year old young people and I was like this is this is my thing right here and and so um, I, I, I got the job offer at Syracuse right after I graduated and I've been coaching every single day of my adult life since. Awesome. Look, you go, so you went from, did you go Syracuse to Richmond to UC Santa Barbara or Cal? I went Syracuse to the University of Hampshire for one year to Richmond. Santa Barbara Tech. Wow. And so how did the whole opportunity at Cal come about? So um, my best friend from high school, was a great player and was recruited by everybody. She ends up seeing Duke uh, over at UConn, one of the first, one of, Gino writes about her in his book, you know, one of the first recruits that he lost. He didn't, didn't lose a lot. Um, so, <laughs> right. she, so she went to Duke, but through through her recruitment, I actually got to know a lot of coaches. I mean, that's how I formed a relationship with Gino and with Gail Guestencores and with Debbie Ryan and people that recruited my friend Hillary. And so um, when she was at Duke- um, Hold on, co- hold on, coach, I'm sorry. Yes. Explain to me how you got to meet them through your friends' group. So, so you, lost, you lost me for a minute there. I'm sorry. <laughs> it goes, it goes, basketball background and my, my politics background, right? So, okay. um, I, I love basketball, but I also could talk to anyone. Um, so, as she was, you know, I was being recruited by Ivy League schools and kind of the level that I should be at. Um, but my best friend was having home visits with literally, you know, the giants of the game. So I'd be like, hey, can I come by? Um, nice, nice. Ryan came and watched our tennis match in the fall. Like, I remember these coaches were, like, swinging through our school, you know, all the time. Um, we went up to watch UConn practice a, a bunch. And um, so, yeah, I, I kind of got an early taste of, of the big time through her. 
and when she was at Duke and I knew that I wanted to get into coaching so I, it was my senior year of uh, actually my yeah my senior year of college we were done playing and Duke was hosting the first and second rounds of the NCAA tournament um, and I went down there uh, to watch her play and I knew I wanted to go into coaching at the time so I ended up talking to Joanne Boyle as an assistant at Duke for like an hour after their shoot around and I think about that now and it's why I'll always make time for young people who want to know how they can get in the game or just want to talk through because Joanne spent a lot of time with me and I guess she left that conversation and said one day Hey, coach, I'm going to hire her. And I left that conversation saying, one day I want to work for Joanne. So um, wow. she was an assistant at Duke, and she took the head job at Richmond uh, mm-hmm. and asked me to come along with her to Richmond. And it was very, uh, it was a great experience. You know, there's no one way in coaching to make your career path. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously some people go and work for a legend, and that's amazing. You know, someone who's been in it for 20 years. But for me, I got to be right by Joanne's side when she took her first head coaching job. So you see someone try to figure it out, you know, and go from being a, yeah. to being a head coach. And she was really successful. We were at Richmond for three years and we got into the top 25 and we made the tournament. Mm-hmm. And, and her, she was the hot name that spring. And I don't know if you guys were yes. all the way back, but three yes. clubs were open that, that called mm-hmm. Miami, Colorado, and Cal. And right. it was kind of like, okay, what's she going to do? And, and everyone talked about this AB at Cal. Sandy Barber was great. And Cal had this great recruiting mm-hmm. class coming in. And even though they hadn't been good, you know, there's a chance. And, you know, we felt like in the Pac-12, other than Stanford, nobody had con- – there were some good teams, but nobody had consistently been, you know, the other team. And so uh, mm-hmm. uh, Joanne felt like Cal was the best fit for her. And so, as you know, in this profession, um, when your boss goes somewhere, you either go or you're looking for a job. Yeah, um, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> and so I went with her. But the funny thing is, you know, obviously I've been asked so much in the past year about this this jump to, to the NBA and to Cleveland. And was I scared? And I tell people, I was really scared leaving Richmond to go to Cal because I felt mm. like coaching was my thing. And I felt like I could really connect to these young people. But then I got that fear of, you know, at Richmond, we had really good players, but they were kind of, they were mid-major great players, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, right? Like, right, right. And, and then I, I remember thinking, well, gosh, if I, what if I go out to someone like Devney Hampton or Alexis Gray Lawson? Why don't you listen to me? I played at Brown. I barely played at Brown. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm like a nerdy kid from New York. Or what if these club coaches in California, I don't know them. How am I going to build these relationships? And yet, kind of leap of faith, I did it. And it was the greatest, you know, personal and professional thing of my life, going to Cal. It changed my life. It made me a better coach. Introduced me, uh, Cam, as you might say, to the best coach out there. <laughs> the best coach, man. Yes. <laughs> I mean, a couple, you know, moving forward, I met my husband, had my child, you know, came back. So it was an amazing thing. So fast forward, whatever it was, you know, uh, 11, 12, 13 years later, and when I had the chance to go to the NBA and the same fears creep in, well, what if, you know, why is Kevin Love going to listen to me? Or, you know, what if these what if yeah. rookies don't know? And I, and I remember saying, well, that's how I felt. And I went to Cal and it was great. So I, I need to just do this. And, and right. so, you, so you drew on your previous experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? This one's been, been pretty amazing, too. So I, I'm going to go with my gut from now on. <laughs> hey, look, I always wanted to, because all the conversations we've had, and I never asked you this. And that, I think it was just, it may have been your second year. I don't know if second or third year um, as head coach at Cal. And you guys went to the final four. I think that was like 2013, maybe. Yep. Yeah. Like, like, 
one of the things y'all could do, y'all had speed and y'all could get after it defensively, right? (laughs) What made that team special? And did you know it was special at the beginning of the year? Um, I I did know it was special. We joke from that team will say, you know, in retrospect, we should do a 30 for 30 on that year. It was so great. Mm. It was so perfect. Um, So I don't think any of us could have predicted kind of how well that went. But we knew we had something special. And I think it goes back to the year before. So the year before I got the job, and obviously I was privy to just kind of more knowledge than someone coming in. I, I knew a lot of those kids because I had helped mm-hmm. recruit them. I was so close with Joanne. I, so I knew, you know, what she had struggled with with them, what she had loved about it. And, you know, she moved on to Virginia. So when I walked in that door, I looked at that group who had a little bit underachieved, maybe, you know, relative to the expectations. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, this, this isn't, thing isn't broken. This isn't a rebuild. Um, figure out who we are and, and who we want to be. And that first year we were 25 and 10. And I like to tell people we were almost really good. Like right. We, we <laughs> right. I like that. That we no. were supposed to beat, which that sometimes isn't mm-hmm. easy. You know? Right. 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 And we didn't beat anybody that was kind of elite. And we lost in the NCAA tournament. So we made the tournament, which was a, so we set goals that year to to finish in the top four of the Pac-12. We didn't say yeah. we in the Pac-12. We said, let's finish in the top four. Right. Let's get to the NCAA tournament. Um, and we did that and we beat Iowa in the first round and we were at Notre Dame uh, for the first and second round so we beat Iowa in a, in a good 8-9 game and, and then we played Notre Dame and that was Notre Dame with Skylar Diggins yeah buddy Caleb I remember that yeah, yeah buddy yeah they made a they made a final four <laughs> yeah they did they, they, they did um, I, and uh it was tied at halftime. We had no seniors on the team. Uh, we had a bunch of, you know, really juniors, and then the two freshmen, Boyd and Gray, were very significant. And um, mm-hmm. cornflakes. That's right, cornflakes and milk. Um, <laughs> and so Muffet said, you know, after that game, hey, you know, this is a top ten team next year. And so the next year, uh, our conversation, like the team mantra, was kind of like, we are ready. And that was we're mm. ready. We're ready for expectations. We're ready to take the next step. We're ready to do something special. And to be honest, um, you know, it was pretty magical. I think we ended up 32 and four. But to go 17 and one, so we we split with Stanford. We played Stanford. Mm-hmm. You know, in the Pac-12, you play your travel partner, your your rivalry school in the same week. So I want to say it was like the second or third week. So we're three and one and we split with Stanford. We beat them at their place. They beat them at our place. So we're three and one. And we essentially knew to win the Pac-12 championship, we were going to have to win every game out because yes. Stanford wasn't going to lose. Mm-hmm. And so right. to go 17 and one in that league, you know, and, and, and not lose to anyone else again was um, was to me as remarkable, you know, as the final four run. And then we, uh, we lost in the semifinals of the Pac-12 tournament, which in retrospect helped us probably. We got a little more rest. We regrouped. It kind of brought us down to earth. We locked in, and then, you know, we had a magical run to the Final Four with a great, mm-hmm. great group of young women who, yeah, we were fast. We were athletic. We got after it on defense, but we, we were so deep. I mean, we, we brought a WNBA player off the bench uh, in Rashonda Gray. She was like kind yes. of – we started Jennifer Brandon and, and Talia Caldwell, and we brought Gray off the bench. And I think about it now, so many things could have sunk that team. If Gray didn't want to buy in, we lose. We had a kind of 10th man on the team, um, Abigail Cohen from Israel, who mm-hmm. was like touted as like a Jackie Jamelos. And, you know, everyone thought she was going to be great, and she suffered injuries, and so she never really was in the rotation. She was incredible. If she hadn't have been, 
a wonderful teammate. I don't know if we make it. You know, we've Michaela Lyles who just came off the the Michaela, bench. Michaela, yeah. yeah, like we just we had the right pieces, and then you have, you know, a WNBA backcourt with so Lasia and, and Boyd, and Lasia got in the rhythm. You know, like the second half of that year, hey, where... it seemed like she it seemed like she never missed the mid range jumper. Exactly. I know that best mid range. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, great leadership. So we just we had all the pieces, and no one really cared. You know who got the credit, and 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 it was a it was really a locked in team, and they were they were very mature, they were very very high basketball IQ. You know we could walk through a lot of things, or 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 dummy a lot of things. Um, yeah. Our legs fresh, and they could they could still go hard. So it was it was really a hey. special team. So that team that team had with Brittany and Lasia on that team, and Eliza Pierre came and Eliza. By the way, for me, y'all, for anybody listening. But my own eyes that I saw with my own eyes live, I always say Liza Pierre is one of the best defenders I've ever seen on oh, ball. Unbelievable. You, could, you couldn't even screen her. Like you couldn't screen her. No, you couldn't. Like, <laughs> no, P, P I, I'm telling it's the eye. The, then they would try to run like horns and get her. She no, could just stay it, connected, man. <laughs> Ruined, ruined my like game planning for the next couple of years because you, you think other kids can do that and nobody right. else nobody else, it, nobody else can really do that so. and you and you're using her as an example you're like well listen <laughs> like exactly <laughs> why, can't, why can't you why can't you just get over the screen like, right, like, like what's like, the problem yeah then you, you show film with liza like see she's getting over it over and over and over right like, so, <laughs> yeah, the other thing that was special about that team so we started jen brandon and tali at the post we started a fure at the three and then Laisha and Boyd and we brought Eliza off the bench we brought Gray off the bench we had mm. Michaela Lyles off the bench Justine Hartman so we were able part of the reason we went 17 and 1 is that we could withstand um, someone getting hurt you know rolling ankle and missing one game or we could withstand foul yeah. because you had that depth correct correct wow yeah yeah that matters look that, that matters man that was a special team I enjoyed watching them and now you get to uh, the NBA and Ooh, I got a question. like I got what a was question. like what was your because I think coaches and players have wow moments like while wow, I'm in the Pac-12 like while wow, I'm in the W like you know what T- tonight I'm in the NBA when when did it click for you like it's like wow this, this so, I'm here so there's, there's <laughs> definitely a couple moments because some things start to feel normal and then all of a sudden I'd be like okay this is this is normal but um <laughs> I definitely had one moment when we were doing a like a, a walkthrough, like a hotel ballroom walkthrough. And every every college coach, you know, in my experience has done this. You put the tape on the floor, you know, you use like a sponge something as a ball. You're just kind of walking through. You're going here, you're going here, you're going there. Yeah. So um, the first time that it was my scout, it was an exhibition game at, and we were we weren't sh- doing the ballroom walkthrough. And all of a sudden, it's the exact same feeling. There's tape on the floor. You're here, you're here. But I'm going, okay, Tristan, you come over here. Kevin, you come here. You know, I'm going in. I'm going, oh, my gosh. This is the same thing I've always done. But it's, you know, Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson and these giant <laughs> players. It was, like, totally bizarre. Um, so cool. that was a moment for sure. Uh, there was another moment when, you know, you do all the same game plan, right? So you just think basketball. And so uh, Houston was my scout and, you know, we're crunching the analytics, we're doing all the stuff. And, you know, in the NBA, you focus a little more on yourself because you just, the games keep on coming. And so you, you have, yeah, to, right. you know, 
but every time you know you also are game planning a little bit and so the, the james harden conversation was you know the analytics show that when you act when you as, as lethal as he is when you double him that's when they move the ball and they hit their corner threes and their points per possession are higher and their offensive uh numbers are higher so we were kind of like you know go with the you gotta guard him straight up do some things try and force a right whatever and we literally said you know what you can hold him to 40 and lock down other people <laughs> So here we are. You say what you said if we can hold it to 40. Yeah, it's better. It's good. This is in right It's 55 points against what? us. And I'm looking at the staff like, you know, I told you all it was a really close game. We almost beat it, but we actually told you all we held the 40, we would have won. But we held the 55. <laughs> right, right. You, and, 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 you know, I'm game I'm, I'm with the coaches after, you know, we're talking about stuff and uh, our nanny left with my son and she texts me a picture and it's in like the parking lot underneath like you know where the and there's james harden holding my son smiling i said are you kidding me james harden scores 55 on us and then my, my kid is hanging out with him after the game <laughs> see oh no <laughs> see oh no like i just think that that's a little salt in the wound it's totally yeah yeah so there are a couple moments like that i mean that's a good one though yeah, they're, they're, they're Normalized. I mean, it was when we were in LA and back in the tunnel. See Kim and Kanye was a little weird for me. I'm like, okay, there's still still some people that you're like, like whoa, like you still there's still some whoa people, right? Totally, absolutely. absolutely. (laughs) But for the most part, you just get into the day to day, and it's like your day to day with you know the way we're talking about Eliza and. You know, Boyd and Leja, it's you know, it's the same thing. We're we're talking over here about okay, Colin, you know, gets got over the screens really well last night and you know, Darius is good at that. It's crazy. It's like it's just basketball, you know, it's the same. Right. So I got a question for you, Coach. Yeah. So are are you looking forward to this bubble coming up? You know, we're not in the bubble because we're we're in the eight teams that right, that, right. That we're not in. Oh yeah. That's right. What what are your thoughts? Like what would your your because your because if if you guys I, I were if, yeah, if you guys were in the bubble, it would just be you. Like your family can't come, right? No, I, right. That's what I, that's what I was thinking. I, so, I didn't think about the eight out Yeah. So I, that piece is a little bit of an emotional like roller coaster because we didn't know who was going to be in it. We didn't know what, right. what, what it would look like. Yeah. Uh, and I think everyone to some degree goes through that okay what's it going to be like if i can't bring my family but i do think and this is where you know i I tell people that that coaching the nba what these players value they don't know can you make them better to care about them as people you know all the stuff that that player care but right where where i do feel slightly different just believe it's it's a little bit different being the mother, right? Like it's a little bit different being the primary caregiver and having to leave. And so that yeah. for me is what I navigate a little bit. And and, and nobody, I don't think anyone eager to leave their family for, you know, a month or five weeks. Um, I think. Um, but I think for women, yeah, that's tough. It's particular. Um, so um, as much as we wanted to be in Orlando, at least for this atypical situation, I don't have to deal with it. But, um, you know, I found ways, um, so I can my son, he was yeah. one, you know, and he was two and I could bring him, him when he was three everywhere, even at Cal here, what I did was if it was a one night trip or 
two night trip i usually went without them if it was like a nine day road trip um i i be for three straight nights or what city was we had the off day or oh, you know a good place for two and my husband that's a good idea brought them. yeah so he was he was on um some trips but not on every trip and you know we make it work i don't have a typical life right the level of planning has hey the level of planning and execution yeah so 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 the husband is coachable clearly because he's executing my husband's great hey feel free to hit that hater button you get that hater button if you want to uh, <laughs> go ahead and hit it <laughs> so you know this quarantine is clean i think i realized with your kids all day most people realize wow they're living like man, right, right, man. right. We have, we have a team of people that me out, and you know, I'm, I, I, I think the bubble and stuff. We still made fighting to be able to do some things with the and because we won't. Oh, as the little one. Wait, did I lose you guys? No, I'm here. Okay, I got you. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, so look, before we let you before we let you get off, one, we appreciate all the time you've given us. But I definitely I P we gotta take her through a rapid fire. Oh god, yeah, that'd be fun. Look, what we do on the ball and gems, Lindsay, we take people through a rapid fire. We'll list we'll state two things. You just rock with one. Okay. And we, we keep it moving and I will start. Uh, Friends or Seinfeld? Seinfeld. Stevie Wonder or Prince? Kobe or LeBron? Oh, man. (laughs) 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 I had to take a pass on that one. You can take a pass. (laughs) (laughs) That's why why I came up with it. I love it. I love it. Okay, what about... uh, Wait, Kevin, it's still my turn. Go ahead. Batman or Spider-Man? Spider-Man. Hmm. Look, that, hey. Yeah. That's I, why I like Lindsay. I, I kind of, I like that. <laughs> we will go, uh, this is this one again. J. Cole or Kendrick Lamar? Kendrick Lamar. Look, she was serious. Rihanna or Beyonce? Uh-oh. Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, hey, people been rocking with Beyonce because the queen, the queen, the B.I. will come for you. Anyway, we just wanted to have a little fun with you, Lindsay. You have dropped so much um, for us. I am so grateful that you made time to come on the Ball and Gems podcast. Yes, um, definitely appreciate you. Look, you got to look at least look 20 years in, in coaching. Yeah, yeah, 21 now. This is my 21st year. Isn't that crazy? Wow. See, 20, see, we need, see, we need that type of knowledge dropped on Ball and Gems. And I want to tell you, thank you. Well, I sincerely I, appreciate it. About you guys, you're, I feel like there's a small group of us who we could, we could sit here and talk about the NBA and, and the NBA players, or we could talk about, you know, the kid I saw at Cleveland, you know, school when I was Right. It's basketball. Yeah, like get a birthday high. Like it's just it's so much fun to talk about the game and um it's it's cool to be at the highest level, but I also appreciate people that know uh, 
game the game hits every level and affects so many people and so i just i appreciate you guys and staying in touch with me um and and i you know i think we'll be friends for, for a long time regardless of what you know where i'm forever going. right <laughs> thank you that. thank you so much give my, hey, my best to you and your entire family as always if, if you need me just pick up the phone i got you thank you guys. yeah you got my number i just got it great to talk <laughs> thank to you. you all right bye-bye take care bye-bye, bye-bye. Man, that was, that was fun. so incredible, man. Talk about somebody that's, that's touched so many different parts of basketball. Man. And um, smart, smart. Right? <laughs> Literally, like, like, for real. You know, I always say that, B. Like, for real, for real. Like, like you, yeah. I mean. Smart, smart. I mean, I even. talk about any subject. Any, any subject. Any subject doesn't matter, man. Any subject, she's knowledgeable. Um, and, and I like that. I know, at least personally, I like kind of how our relationship has grown over the years it's just continuously yeah, grown yeah. And, and i'm thankful you know uh for that we weren't always in this place so to see it just continues to grow and learn more and more about her and kind of what she represents what she's about she's transparent right you can yes. yep. hey the things that are important to her and you know from from a, from a macro standpoint that's why I want to ask a question about the bubble, but I forgot they were part of the bubble. Yeah, was, you know, I was like, interested because I know she's a family-oriented person. Yeah, like, that's gotta be tough, man. You know, that's a Did tough. But you know what? I really like that she mentioned the part about that difference of the motherhood piece and and yeah. and, 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 and not not that fathers aren't doing our thing. You know what I mean? But there, no, there there's a different connection, right? Let's, let's just be honest. When you have Mother's Day gift, you have Father's Day gift. You know the difference. <laughs> hey, hey, socks and we rolling socks for us, and we rolling out the red carpet for moms. Like if we, we're like, lucky, like, like, like if we're we lucky, and they make yeah. me a pair of socks you already yeah. had. <laughs> so <laughs> tremendous, 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 tremendous gratitude uh, for Cleveland Cavaliers assistant coach Lindsey Gottlieb coming and giving us all that time that she gave us. Please, yeah, you guys, you guys go run her up on social media. Follow her. Her journey is incredible. Um, I, I, I think that's an immediate post. Any, any immediate one. Any, any immediate one. Um, yeah. Um, because it, it's so much in there for aspiring coaches, um, teams that jail, people accepting their role, right? Know like, your role. Like know her your role. accepting their role. That's what made that 2012, 2013 Cal team special. They had depth and people accepted their role, which means you also had good leadership. So, anyway, we can go on and on and on. You guys share, retweet, like, subscribe, follow all those things. Lindsay, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. P, we about this piece. We out. Holla. Holla.